Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Back to Football podcast. That's the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football. Now, our members of the podcast group in the studio uh, has been cut by half Mm -hmm. this week. And there's only two uh, co-hosts, I guess. Uh, in the studio, that is obviously myself, as you can hear, uh, and you may be guessing right now who's the other co-host. Is it going to be John? Is it going to be Greg? Is it going to be Levi? Well, if you were to go straight down the middle there, uh, middle for diddle, uh, <laughs> you would get Greg Hollands. Um, who's Am I the happy medium between them? Yeah, you <laughs> are. Like... Yeah, you're, yeah, the median, uh, <laughs> mean, median, and mode. Did you have a favourite when you were in school? Um, oh, this is maths, isn't it? Um, what was the the easiest one? Was medium, wasn't it? Because that was literally just the That's middle. That's the middle, number. yeah. Yeah, I just went with that. Or mode, which was the the most most occur- most occurring was yeah most occurring. Mode, yeah. I, yeah, I always thought the uh, the mean was mean. You know, that was the serious. Yeah, that was the serious one. Like if you really Big wanted brain. to work something out, you're <laughs> looking for the mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's applications for them all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so how are you, Greg? Are you, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Dan. You had a nice week. Uh, yeah, yeah, good week. Uh, it's getting a bit colder, um, getting darker early, but apart from that, no, all good. Getting into that Christmas spirit. I've got my advent calendar. I'm enjoying my chocolate each day. Have you? Yeah. Well, actually, right now as we're recording, we're both benefiting uh, from my advent calendar this mm. year, uh, which is, I mean, I, I, I would say I'm a big coffee drinker now. Right. I don't think I always was, but last probably three or four years. Um, as as you know, as my twenties have gotten serious, uh, I've become a, a dependent uh, coffee drinker, and uh, my advent calendar reflects that because it's a beanies advent calendar, and every day you get uh, two sachets of flavored coffee. Now these may be vanilla, mm. they may be chocolate orange. Uh, the ones that we're enjoying currently, uh, I have a gingerbread coffee. Oh, nice. And what are you I've tucking got into? Mint. Mint coffee. Mint chocolate. Uh, no, just mint coffee, I think it was. I think it was mint chocolate. Or was yeah. it mint chocolate? Yeah, because I think mint on its own right. actually would make a nice coffee, but the add chocolate into it, yeah. and it's suddenly, you know, it's got some, some chutzpah, and you it can was sell nice. it. <laughs> um, it was nice. I liked it. Yeah. You, yeah. You've gone through, like, you're a, an early early coffee drinker. I, I can't drink it until it's a certain temperature, until it's cooled down a bit. I eat it. I, I eat it. <laughs> I, I, I eat them out there. No, I'm intense. No, I uh, drink it hot. I go for it. Yeah. I'm desensitised to it now, I can't think. Can't do that. I can't <laughs> do that. Um, let's talk about the Yoda meme, Baby Yoda. Do you know anything about this? I, I said there was something I was going to ask you about on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it was. And this is it. Baby Yoda. Do you know much about it? So it's from the new Star Wars uh, TV series, isn't it? The Mandalorian, which I've heard really good things about. And this, yeah, the Baby Yoda meme. I didn't think that it was for real. I thought it was... Because you know those edits of Yoda where he's like that muscular Hulk kind of thing? I thought it was like a scaled-down version of that. But then I realised, as the memes continued, uh, this is actually a real thing. Is it actually a Baby Yoda? So apparently it's not... Yoda, it's just something of the same species, ah. uh, and it's actually spoiler alert. Five years after Yoda, you know, Yoda perishes or dies or whatever in that last Star Wars. Um, okay, do you remember? Am I ruining something there for you? I've not watched The Mandalorian. No, but no. the the last Jedi or when he just disappears called. and becomes a yeah. Force ghost. Puff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah, because that's the thing with the Star Wars things. I'm 
I, w- I wasn't sure where the Mandalorian fit in. Yeah, so apparently them. it's five years after that. Okay. Um, so he's the new generation. Yeah, in yeah. A sense. But apparently she's like 50 years old, that little baby. Oh, really? Yeah, so. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a good meme. Uh, maybe we'll throw something up on the Back to Football uh, Instagram account, which yes. you can go follow. That's uh, at the BTF podcast. Uh, and yeah, you'll find everything there. Um, on today's show, then, uh, we have AJ versus uh, Ruiz mm-hmm. uh, 2 uh, previews, uh, which includes predictions uh, from co hosts not present and also <laughs> uh, co hosts future present, uh, which will be a nice little surprise for some listeners. And I'm sure those uh, the people that have sent in their predictions will be listening to the show, uh, trying to work out when that's actually going to be. And they don't have to listen to us talking about Yoda uh, <laughs> memes. Uh, we'll also be previewing uh, the Euro 2020 stuff. Obviously, the draw happened last weekend. Mm. Um, England's group looks promising. Uh, we don't know the full group yet because um, there's obviously the playoffs set to happen. Yeah. Um, and then we'll also be talking about Amazon Prime uh, hosting their first ever sort of Premier League takeover. Uh, takeover, yeah. yeah. Ten games on Amazon, uh, two of which are set to uh, play out tonight, um, which we will we'll hopefully give a mention to those but I think by the time the show goes live uh, those may already have <laughs> concluded so yeah let's let's talk uh, AJ Ruiz right um, shall we hear some predictions to start with um, I'm going to play first of all here we've got Neil Jolliffe uh, who will be coming on the show very soon uh, he's going to give his prediction uh, on a prediction here so let, let's oh, wow. play it Right, so here are my predictions for AJ Ruiz 2. And more importantly, what I think John Miller will predict, um, a.k.a. I've got AJ posters on my wall at home, um, and I love Eddie Hearn so much. Um, I think he will go, if he is really, really feeling the love and he's uh, He's kissed his AJ poster already today. Then I think he will go for an AJ knockout in the fourth round. Um, if he hasn't had his AJ medicine today, then I think he might go for an AJ points win. Okay, so you heard there Neil uh, predicting what John, <laughs> uh, host of the show, will predict. Um, why not head straight over to John's prediction? Johnny Miller here, all the way from sunny Berkshire. Um, fight prediction for the weekend is a late, late stoppage. So anything after seven rounds, uh, Anthony Joshua. Um, I think that he's uh, got over and gotten over whatever went wrong in the first fight, and I think he's going to do it. Do it for the British fans and bring those belts home. So, yeah, Anthony Joshua, 7th, 8th or ninth round TKO. Right, OK, so Neil didn't quite get that right. Uh, John going for a a late win for AJ by knockout, uh, not on points as Neil suggested. Uh, let's hear Neil's prediction. In terms of my predictions, I think it can go one of two ways, I think. It will be an Andy Ruiz 
knockout in the 9 to the 12th round, maybe 8 to 12. Um, I think... I don't think AJ's got enough to hold him off. I think what he'll do is he'll try and box smart, which he can't really do um, on the back foot using his jab. Um, and I think Rob McCracken will try and make him do that, but I just don't think he'll be able to hold him off for that long. Um, so I do think Ruiz will come through at some point. Um, and I think he will probably knock him out from sort of rounds eight, eight to 10. Um, but the other option is, which I'm a little bit worried about, is that this is a bit of, this is Eddie Hearn's cash cow, and I think what might happen, and is probably most likely to happen, is that this will go to points, um, and I think Ruiz will get done over in a controversial points decision for AJ, um, because it's just set up completely for AJ to carry on the cash cow in and uh he won't be uh he won't be fighting anyone decent in his next three fights. Okay, so that's what Neil thinks of the fight. I mean is he suggesting some some sort of match fixing there? <laughs> it sounded like it, yeah. Yeah, it does sound a bit like that, but uh yeah, no uh no legal action will be brought <laughs> yeah. against uh, Neil Jolliffe. Uh, let's hear what, uh, again, future guest on the show, Mark Elul, has predicted. Mark Elul here. My prediction for the big fight on Saturday is an early win for AJ. Um, I think it will be done and dusted within the first five rounds. And my thinking for that is that... Anthony Joshua will have been hurt by losing his belts. And I think he went back to school and he learned about what went wrong. And he's worked really hard to put things right. When you're used to winning, beating people up all the time, you kind of get complacent. Therefore, I think he's going to have gone back to the drawing board, worked out what went wrong and figured out what he needs to do right. On the flip side of that, Ruiz... He's now the champion. He's got the most to prove. He's probably been living the high life for the last few weeks, months. And obviously, that will take its toll. It's now very different. The tables are turned. Therefore, I think it will be reversed. Okay, like that. Pretty even there, uh, giving uh, both sides of the story. Uh, someone who is probably not as unbiased, <laughs> uh, Levi, uh, co-host of the show, Let's hear what he has to say. Hello, Levi here. Fight night is finally here. We've waited for this for six months. June 1st was mad, and I'm pretty sure December 7th is just going to be as mad. Um, I've got to give the fight to Joshua. He's going to take it, I reckon, between the 9th and the 11th round uh, with one of his signature knockouts that we're usually accustomed to. Um, I still think it's going to be a really, really tough fight. Uh, Ruiz is going to bring the fight to him uh, and I don't think he should be overlooked. But I think Joshua, for the early parts of the fight, round one to six, maybe seven, just sit behind his jab, play it safe. And in the later rounds, it just become a fire fest. And I think Joshua is going to be the man on top at the end of the fight. Um, I just can't see it going any other way. Okay, like that, Levi. Um, and finally, we have... 
representing uh, the American uh, contingent contingent <laughs> of uh, the show's listeners and obviously uh, Andy Ruiz being American it's good to have representation on both sides we have Spurtability podcast host uh, and great friend of the Back to Football podcast James Creange let's hear what James has to say What's up, guys? This is James from the Spurtability Podcast. I'm currently dealing with uh, what appears to be maybe strep throat, and that's why I sound uh, so deep and masculine right now. Um, I know so little about this fight that I actually thought it was a UFC fight, Um, so there's that. But if you think that I'm picking against my fat king, Andy Ruiz Jr., you've got another something coming. I am putting all the money that I have in my pocket right now Thirty-two dollars. I'm putting thirty-two dollars down on Andy Ruiz. Um, I don't know what his odds are, but hopefully that'll net me something like sixty bucks, seventy bucks. I don't know. Is he the favorite? Who can say? Um, but if you're picking Joshua, you are just an English shill. Right. So that has confirmed it. Greg, you are an English shill, uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, according to what James has to say. Um, that's assuming actually that you are backing AJ. What's your thoughts on this? Oh, it's it's. Do you know what my instant thought is? AJ has to win it. It's not. I've not got a massive opinion of. I might. He just has to. He's got a point to prove in this fight. Ruiz is sitting there fairly comfortably. I think he just sort of. Or is he? I don't know. It's such a difficult one. Um, AJ has to win this. He's got a massive point to prove, and I do think that he can. He is capable. More than capable of. Proving it. Uh, I, I listened back to an, uh, a podcast with Eddie Hearn the other day and he was sort of analysing the fight. And he said that when you go into a fight, because obviously this was with um, uh, Jarrell Miller, the fight was meant to be on that on the 1st of June, was meant to be Jarrell Miller. But then he took every drug under the sun <laughs> and uh, got disqualified. So AJ's camp basically had three weeks to find a sparring partner that was chubby little fella um, and <laughs> the little fat man little, yeah exactly <laughs> David Bowie extras <laughs> reference um, and I think what, what Eddie was saying basically the crux of my point was when you go into war and you're not expecting war but war happens that's when it catches you I think that when Ruiz got knocked down he got up and thought you know what fuck it I'll go for it and it knocked AJ knocked everyone no one's seeing that coming so this time I think AJ will go into this thinking all right little fucker let's have it I think he'll get him I think that he has to and I think he will and if he doesn't it's not looking good for AJ yeah I I, I agree with that I think it is it is a, a do or die situation right. for uh, Anthony Joshua whereas I feel like if Andy Ruiz you know he either wins it and and goes down as an a legend of boxing for defeating uh, AJ twice in right. back to back fights. Yeah. Or he loses and probably gets, you know, maybe a, a, a wilder fight down the line or. He'll um, always be the man that beat AJ and yeah. took his belts. Yeah. Regardless, it's win win for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, my prediction. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with an AJ knockout. Okay. Um, early, late? I think mid. I think like mm. round five, between round five and seven. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with an AJ knockout. 
Um, I'd love to see it. I mean, Joshua has been a you know a really good a servant of British boxing so far. Obviously, we, we talked about it before the show. We're not you know it's not necessarily our forte, right? Uh, boxing analysis and yeah. uh, it's more you know John John and Levi's thing, <laughs> but. Um, I certainly think you know AJ is a very very uh, likable personality. He's a good guy. Um, I don't have a poster of him on my wall, as uh, <laughs> Neil mentioned. John does, um, but yeah, I certainly think um, you know everyone wants to see AJ do well. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, if he does win, he takes on that um, whatever that the next fight is, Fury or Wilder, mm. uh, and we get to see a, a really you know big fight after this but psh, who knows yeah so what, what are you your final prediction for that is my really i mean i think it could go either way but i think aj will have that fire in his belly now okay and be like i'm coming for you yeah. i think it will be a knockout and um i probably have to agree with you i think ruiz will come out fast and furious in the first couple and aj will know that and be preparing for it but i do think that aj will have the edge in the sort of middle or even late but i think he's gonna have that edge yeah, Ruiz is going to want to finish it quick. Yeah. What was the excuse before for AJ? Do you know? It was a. Did he say he was ill? Don't he sneezed three times? Yeah, sneezed no. three times when he woke up. I don't think there was an excuse, and that's why a lot of people that I know that watched it were really annoyed because he was really humble and mm. fine with it afterwards. Um, I don't think there was an excuse. It was just the fact of he prepared for this fight that. I mean, the Jarrell Miller fight already, people were annoyed at that because it's like, why are you not fighting a, a, a big name, a real actual, someone we want to watch you fight? Then obviously he got uh, disqualified from it. And then this new guy pops in. I think it was just lack of, I want to say respect for Andy Ruiz, really. Lack of regarding him as a fighter. Yeah. Going into it thinking, yeah, I'm fine. I've got this. Yeah. And then just being shaken by it and not being able to recover. Yeah, I remember having the conversation because I, I, di- I didn't know actually a lot about it. I hadn't, <coughs> hadn't followed the build up to uh, the, the first time these guys fought. Right. And I remember hearing sort of week of the fight, mm. Joshua's fight and this guy called Andy Ruiz. Yeah. And it started trending that, you know, on, on social media and that people were saying, oh, look at this bin man. Look at this. <laughs> uh, you know, look at this Sponsored guy. By Snickers. Yeah, yeah, look at this guy that he's fighting. And everyone instantly wrote off Andy Ruiz and... Um, it's, it's nice that that's certainly not happening this time round. Right. Um, but, you know, once you take away that underdog status, mm. um, does you know, does that change the game for him? Uh, but I, I do agree with uh, what Mark said in his prediction about AJ kind of going back to school, back to the drawing world, yeah. back to basics and actually getting uh, those things right uh, and turning up ready for this fight. Uh, let's talk Amazon uh, this week was the first uh, round of... They've got two game days, basically, this year. Mm. Uh, they bought the rights to 20 games. Uh, our first dose of that was this week, and, and the second dose is going to be on Boxing Day this year. Yes. Is this the future of Premier League football? I really hope so, because I've got an Amazon subscription, and I'm more than happy to announce on the BTF podcast... I've not watched Tottenham play this season purely because I'm a student and I don't have BT, don't have Sky Sports. So coming over to Amazon made perfect sense and was really good for me. They've, in terms of the broadcasting package, they've not really, for me, grasped the opportunity 
in that we've still got I think is it, is it Gabby Logan on there we've still got Robbie Savage yeah, Tim Show. you've Jim, got the regular Jim Rosenthal right you've got the usual suspects in there they really could have reinvented or made a real statement with this but it's very much the similar sort of who would you have had off the top of your head yeah it's a good Anton point uh, <laughs> <laughs> you imagine YouTubers um I don't know, and uh, you know maybe I should have been prepared for that question. Yeah. But it, my point is that they should have thought of that, really. Yeah. Amazon, a massive company, they could have gone right. Okay, this is a real point to prove. Yeah. Um, and think, okay, we could actually really do something here. Um, I've seen a lot of people complaining about the quality of the streams. I don't know if you've. Yeah, I had a little bit. I mean, they were a, a tiny bit laggy at, at laggy, times. Because yeah. you and I were messaging each other during the Tottenham game, and yes. you were a few minutes ahead. Yeah, which me. is a big problem. It's huge, huge in huge football, problem. yeah, of course. Because yeah. I think when the um, Delhi Alley goal uh, went in, I think I messaged you saying, wow, what, you know, what, what a goal. And, or I said, mate, um, unreal. outstanding or unreal, yeah. And then you just message back being like, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, like time, minutes, seconds yeah. matter actually with uh, definitely with, with messaging and, and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know, have you ever been on holiday? I mean, it can happen anywhere in, in a bar in, in, in London, it can happen. But where one bar has a stream or a feed slightly earlier than another. Right. And there's nothing worse than hearing the roar of a crowd. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially when it's a goal kind of against your team, mm. uh, you know, 10 seconds before. <laughs> Impending. Yeah, doom. so you just know, oh, God, <laughs> something's coming up here. Like, yeah. Um, exactly. So, yeah, that that's, I think, a problem that they, they will face is getting everyone sort of watching the same game at the same yeah. time. Uh, also, I've seen people say about how some of the games are ultra HD and right. 4K and then some aren't. Okay. I don't know if you've seen about that. No, I haven't seen that. I mean, I, I've never been particularly a, a kind of definition snob. Well, in when that you're sense. watching a football pitch with all little people run, it doesn't, you don't need yeah. to I think see the sweat on their like brow. HD is is more than good enough. Like, yeah. If, as long as you're viewing it in HD. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I, I watch a lot of streams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't at me, uh, TV licensing yeah. people. But. Um, you know, and a lot of the, the time there, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about, you know, pixels right. uh, being visible. So um, I think, you know, you can get a sense of a game. Also, I watch a, a lot of um, humble brag. I watch a lot of ice hockey. Right. And generally with hockey, you're more, you're less watching the ball mm. or the puck in hockey, obviously. Um, and you're watching the movement of the players right. to judge where the actual, where the puck is. Okay. Um, and I think, you know, that helps with, with watching poor quality streams of football <laughs> because you can actually judge where the ball must be mm. and what's going on just by player positioning and, and, and where the players move around. Mm. Um, and when we're comparing, so we're talking about streams, yeah. we're talking about Amazon now, which, I mean, the lowest quality isn't going to be awful. Oh, no. It's still going to be watchable. Yeah. I think these are just little bits that people have issues yeah. with. Um, oh, and and if you you know if you're used to watching Sky Q, right, uh, broadcasting in perfect whatever it is, yeah, two seventy two point seven k or four k, yeah, um, yeah, those little differences are gonna make uh, you know are gonna show, mm. but generally, uh, I thought it was uh, well packaged, 
Um, yeah, definitely. Game week. Um, yeah, like you say, they're not really they're not going to invent the wheel there. Mm. Uh, they've pretty much taken that BT Sport <laughs> kind of. It's a bit yeah. of a BT Sport type setup. Yeah, um, I do like their little um, the little box that comes up, and they emphasise that this it, it's exclusive to Amazon of the probability thing that pops up every now and then. Have you not seen it? So it's like the the percentage of probability that someone will score next. this. No, no, no. This team will win, oh, or right. this team will draw, or the, and it's like. Okay, that's exclusive, but if you just give me the statistics on a sheet, I can probably work out. Or if it's a 3-0 yeah, win yeah. in the 74th minute, I probably know they're going to win. <laughs> it's those little things that they're trying to be like, oh, I'm only on Amazon, yeah. we've got this. That's it. Like They're always going to be looking to how do we add value yeah. to uh, what you're already watching. But um, I think you know the, the, they've done that already with just allowing everyone to choose what game they yeah. want to watch. Now, does having access to all games um does that pose a threat to gate receipts um obviously this is a one of the main reasons why the the three o'clock games on a saturday are not televised uh is to kind of protect gate receipts and and make sure that fans actually go to games Mm. now if you could watch every single spurs game yeah uh on a streaming service like amazon and better yet, if you could pay specifically just for the Spurs game, so basically you could buy a digital season ticket mm. with Amazon, would you then have much desire to kind of go to, uh, what are you calling your stadium? It's just Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The, the Tottenham moment. Hotspur Stadium on yeah. a cold, rainy December night when it's minus two. Do you know what the thing is? See, Zach made a similar argument on the uh, the men's room, and he he said that the three o'clock thing was to promote the the um, smaller leagues and stuff like yeah. that. I feel I'm totally prepared to be wrong in this. I feel a bit it's like a little bit of a non-argument because people die-hard football fans will go to games yeah. regardless. They want to see United versus Spurs at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It, I know it wasn't uh, last night. But if they want to go and see it, best believe they'll go and see it. Yeah. So I th- feel it's a little bit of a non-argument because you'll always get those fans. You're, I think you're always going to fill uh, a stadium if it's uh, uh, Liverpool, Everton, Derby. If yeah. it's uh, um, you know United, City, Derby or Tottenham, Arsenal. Maybe the littler games, Bournemouth, Swansea or you know Bournemouth, Spurs, you probably wouldn't. But I don't think that TV televising it really massively affects it enough to you're not gonna if you televise those three o'clock games see empty stadiums you know I I feel it's more accessible to everyone if you do watch it if you do see those three o'clock games then you might be more wanting to go to an actual game game, maybe I don't know but I feel like it's a bit of a non-argument there yeah I mean, another angle to it is that you can start to, you know, it might force clubs into improving the actual match day experience. There you go, yeah. Um, And this is something I think that's happened in in the States with uh, American football and baseball in particular, Mm. um, is that you've got, when people build new stadiums and new grounds... Uh, they're not building specifically for size and capacity and how... also, the, the the reality to this is, if you have a 
more games on TV, you're probably going to get more money yeah. uh, for your TV <laughs> yeah. rights. Um, so the clubs will have more money anyway. Mm. Uh, but then, yeah, you can also kind of tailor the the stadium experience and the actual the experience of going to a game. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Baltimore Orioles were a big example of this uh, in Major League Baseball and uh, Spurtability uh, Baseball podcast host James Crianci will be listening. <laughs> uh, we'll be able to. Uh, correct me uh, not if but when I'm wrong <laughs> on this uh, but yeah they built a, a, a much smaller kind of intimate stadium right uh, that massively improved the, the you know the fan experience of actually going to see a game mm. so maybe we could see that with some of these kind of mid level uh, sort of Premier League teams and maybe higher end uh, championship teams yeah. most teams have a fairly decent stadium these days oh, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, certainly I don't think it needs to be building a metropolis of a stadium. Yeah, a hundred thousand yeah. seat a bowl kind of setup. Yeah, exactly. It's much better to maybe have a a, a thirty thousand seater that is just brilliant for everyone that's there and, and sells out every week. Yeah. Um I think Brighton's stadium, uh the Amex, they kind of took that model where they they left room to expand, mm. um, but I think the focus is very much on selling out over a long period of time, yeah, uh, and sort of cultivating an atmosphere rather than just assuming that uh, bums on seats and, and, and numbers mean uh, that you get a good atmosphere because it's certainly not the case, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it, personally, I don't think it it's a big threat. Mm, um, no. And I think it would just drive more, you know, more people would, it brings a new audience to the Premier League. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, it, it's like comparing listening to a Post Malone album to going to Post Malone in concert. You're, st- you're still going to want to go to see him live if you're a fan. Like, you're going to want to watch Tottenham on TV. If you get the opportunity to go see them, you're going to want to go if you're a fan, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's, one or the other. I don't think either of them compete with each other. I think it's more accessible to have it on TV because you can't go to every game. So you can watch it and then be like, oh yeah, I want to go to the next one. We're playing well. We're, Tottenham never are, but they yeah. never make me say that. But you might be more inclined to actually go. Yeah. yeah. Let's quickly talk about and it, about Spurs, Man United. <laughs> yeah. um, not the result that I think we predicted. Uh, yeah. Man United coming away with a 2-1 win. They look very up for the game. Yeah. Uh, I certainly think uh, Mourinho returning to Old Trafford uh, inspired the team to actually come out <laughs> swinging. Turns out Mourinho still struggles to get a win at Old Trafford. Yeah. You know what? You're, you've banged it on the head there. That was my, the crux of my point, really. They were just more up for it. They just wanted to play. They went out there... And whatever tactics they had, they they just wanted to play. You know, Tottenham were acting slow on the ball. There's no urgency. There was one point where Son, uh, the ball came to him and it was the ball was a few yards ahead of him. He just put his head down and let the ball run out. <laughs> it's like yeah, I don't want to see that. I want. Like, I think we were two one down at the point. I think the the thing with the two early goals as well. There's a slight benefit to early goals because you've got all the time in the world. You've got the most time in the game. Early in each half. Yeah, yeah, early in each half. You've got the most time in the game to respond to it. Tottenham, straight after that penalty, straight after that first goal, why didn't they chase down? Right, okay, we got, we're going to get you. We're going to get you. Yeah. There was just no urgency and it's such a shame. Winks belongs in the championship. Suzoko 
100 meter sprinter with football boots. Yeah. Kane just non-existent. I made the point last week on the podcast, and I stand by it. I think if you can get Kane in your back pocket, you take out, you take him out. He was non-existent last night. Yeah. Didn't see him. He was getting bullied by McTominay. I mean, he's. I love him. He's a great forward, but I I would have expected by now his his game to develop more than just a goal scorer. He just does nothing unless he's scoring goals. He does nothing. Yeah, I th- I think the ha- like Harry Kane is going to be probably the d- defining kind of uh, uh, issue I think with mm. uh, Mourinho's tenure at, at Spurs yeah. because we've seen obviously he scored that header in his in the first game. Um, mm. But his last couple of games, how many games has Mourinho had? Three now? Um, or four? Three Premier League, four total. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but Kane's not really scoring goals. No. And no, he's not. I think you're going to have to either see Harry Kane adjust his game to be uh, to somehow score within a Mourinho system, mm. or you're going to have to see Mourinho adapt to Kane and I don't know whether that is Mourinho's style to kind of pander to one player no I don't think so I think that he yeah I think you're right I wouldn't be opposed to selling Kane to a, a foreign country and yeah. um, it, within Guitar. football obviously not just yeah, yeah not just <laughs> build our stadiums as a, yeah, yeah. Um, and then invest <clears throat> excuse me invest in his money because we could get a few bob yeah. for him um, invest in that in creating Mourinho's team a team of winners because our defence we've conceded two goals in every game that he's led mm. and our defence Gazaniga every time a ball comes towards him I'm sat there watching shaking like a shitting dog I can't stand watching him in goal um, it, you had Vertonghen acting like a left winger who's the only one putting any crosses into the game last night it's just not what it was not what you hoped for not what I hoped for no it wasn't inspiring to watch last night and it was a winnable game this is probably one of the worst Man United squads there have been in the last decade last couple of decades and we were struggling against them really struggling it's strange though with with Man United because Solskjaer seems to kind of you know just when everyone thinks the odds are stacked against him and he's going to get sacked right he pulls out a result like he did last night against the you know a good squad at yeah. least and a, and a great manager in Mourinho and and actually he uh, he came out on top and mm. I think I think he'll probably get them through to the end of the season and I think they'll challenge for for that elusive fourth place uh, behind uh, City Leicester and uh, Liverpool yeah um, Liverpool like let's not talk about it for too long but that's a <laughs> uh, a foregone conclusion maybe at this point <laughs> Unfortunately. They are just brilliant. Yeah. I mean, and I, it pains me a little bit to say it, but they are absolutely. They're just yeah purring. They are they purring are. at the top of the the top of the league. That's thirty two games unbeaten that they've gone. Uh, yeah. It's a club record. Uh, they are showing no signs of slowing down, and we've actually seen uh, players come in last night in particular, like Shakiri mm, and yeah. Origi. Uh, Adam Lalana that are dropping into this team and actually, you know, playing just as well as as, as Salah, Firmino, and yeah. uh, I think that's Klopp. <coughs> it, it's reflection. Yeah, they're, Klopp. they're so well motivated, inspired to play. Yeah, yeah definitely. And did you, I? 
I'm not sure I'm putting you on the spot whether you saw it, but their, I think it was their second goal. Mm. Um, it was the Shakiri goal. And Trent played one of the, the yes. sweetest diagonals. Yes, because it was very much, it was on the counter-attack, wasn't oh, it? It was like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. They are just playing lovely football and yeah they really are uh, I think every every week that they kind of um, win now surely the doubters um, and the people that are expecting this kind of post Christmas crumble mm. um, crumble crumble are, are kind of you know accepting that actually this team is the real deal uh, you say that they have I think they've got the what's it called club winners cup in the next couple of weeks, yeah. So they're they're heading out to yeah K- heading Qatar over. or Kuwait yeah, or something. heading out to Qatar. So I think that that could have an impact. Pick up a couple of injuries yeah. there, or you know, bit yeah. Well, they, of fitness they, issues. they play ten games, so mm. they played one I think this uh, month, or if they had two, so maybe they've got eight, eight more games in December. Right. Uh, they actually play on back to back days yeah. at one point. Um, yeah. So. so yeah, we'll, we'll see if if they can get through December mm. uh, on the you know in such a favourable position that they're in now, True. then they'll be very hard to catch. Obviously, Leicester are hanging in there, doing well. Um, yeah, and City they, looks better. Yeah, against Burnley, but but they've showed vulnerability that, that yeah. I think um, yes. will. Because the thing is, Liverpool teams are turning up expecting to lose to Liverpool whereas yeah. I think City have showed enough frailty mm. um, that you know you can go into that potentially get something from a City game whereas um, Liverpool <laughs> have sort of proven that they can play quite poorly yeah. um, and still make it through um, but yeah but we'll, we'll see we'll see where that goes uh, let's talk then about Euro 2020 yes uh, I'm going to run through the groups uh, okay. fairly promptly uh, so we've got group A is Italy Switzerland Turkey and Wales okay um, interesting group that it's quite a, and, and it's All a quite tough level yeah. I think I would say it's quite a tough group I think Turkey uh, although they've got many good individuals I'm not sure how, how well they, they tend to do when they turn up to these Big tournament. Switzerland obviously are are pretty slow and steady. Italy qualified uh, without dropping a single point. Wow! Um, so they are actually probably the favourites for that group. And Wales, led by Gareth Bale. Yes. Uh, I th- do you think they got a chance of getting out of that group? I really do. I think they're they're a young, inspiring team to watch. I think that they'll certainly go into it with the attitude of. We can only do well out of this, really. There's no real expectation on us to just go in there and and give a good fight. Yeah, definitely. I think that they could. That's a a second place, I reckon, out of that. Is it this tournament they're doing? Is it the third place knockout thing? Is that what I heard? Yes, you must be correct because there's only six groups. Because I think what they are doing is the top two guaranteed qualify, like the World Cup. Yeah, so the two two best third place teams or no the four yeah so basically, it's such a weird yeah. why do they f- need to do these kind of things and like they're playing it all over Europe yeah I think that's gonna that is gonna be the biggest thing to impact all these teams yeah it's not gonna be who the group is it's the tra- where you're travelling to and from and all yeah that. 
but yeah, so basically, because you've got six groups, it means the top two from each of those groups makes 12. Right. Uh, but obviously, you need to form a, a last 16. So okay. of those six groups, four of the third place teams okay. will then make it through to the next round. So Interesting. it means that you know, you're unlucky if you're one of the two uh, third place teams that doesn't make it to the next round. Yeah. Um, obviously, it, t- it takes a little bit of spark out of the group stage because... It does, because it's... Yeah. Most of the... Te- you know, more teams go <laughs> yeah. through than, than go out. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, group B, uh, let's go through this one really quickly. Belgium, Russia, Denmark, and Finland. Uh, two Scandinavian teams... Uh, in there, Finland versus Russia uh, will be uh, an interesting uh, game. Bit of will a, it? Bit of a World War Two throwback. Um, the historians and obviously out there. They, they share a border. Um, there is a little bit of rivalry between uh, those two nations. Mm. Uh, I personally think that will be Belgium, and I'm going to go with Finland. Oh I'm wow! Go with Finland as, as as getting out of that group. Uh, who are you predicting? I reckon Belgium, Russia. Belgium, Russia. Russia okay. did all right in the, the World two Cup. favorites. Uh, next group, Group C, we have Ukraine, the Netherlands, uh, Austria, and then you've either got Iceland, Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary, Georgia, North Macedonia, Kosovo, or Belarus. Right. Uh, let's focus on the three teams that are in there: Ukraine, Netherlands, and Austria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find it hard to see past uh, those first two: Ukraine and Netherlands going through. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zinchenko leading the line for uh, Ukraine. Then we get to England's group, Group mm. D. Uh, England, Croatia, the Czech Republic, and the winner of Path C, which is Scotland, Israel, Norway, and Serbia. Now, firstly, which <laughs> of those, which of those four, would you like to see England play? I'd like to see Scotland, if I'm honest. I think that we need a challenge in the group. To prove ourselves, because last World Cup, I think we had the easiest route to a World Cup final, and even then we didn't succeed. We always get a ridiculously easy group to qualify, so we're always guaranteed to qualify. I think Croatia's a great challenge, Czech Republic's a great challenge, and Scotland, not because of quality, but because of the stakes of what that game yeah. means. Yeah, I think every, everyone would like to see England, Scotland uh, yeah. as as a game. Obviously, that uh, Euro. 96 mm. uh, game where Gaza scored that amazing goal. Uh, were you born in 96? No, I wasn't actually. No. Two years uh, later. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I would personally like to see Norway uh, get through. Good young squad. Um, yeah. yeah, good players in that team. Uh, Martin Odegaard and obviously uh, Harland. Harland, yeah. yeah. Um, Erling Brout Harland, yeah. um, son of Alfinger Harland, enemy of Roy Keane. Um, but yeah, so England, I think England and Croatia, you would expect to get out of that group. <sighs> yeah, but, could you know, go anyway, could really. Could go anyway. Uh, Spain, Poland, Sweden, mm. and then the winner of uh, Slovakia, Bosnia, Northern Ireland, and the Republic of Ireland. Oh, Interesting. Didn't realise they're all in the same path. Yeah. Interesting. Who um, would you like to see out of those coming in? Uh, I'd like to see Ireland, obviously. Cause, Which one? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Southern. Southern. Ireland Republic. Because um, I've got, yeah. Family um, roots. I'm a half Irish, yeah. Half Irish. Um, I think, I don't know. That This group could go any way, really. I think if Lewandowski carries on how he is, he'll be a real force to be reckoned with for Poland. 
Um, Sweden have got quite a good team, quite a young team, haven't they? I think. Um, uh, I think it comes down to the expectations around the team with the Euros. Yeah. I think that they could do very well. Spain have still got a squad, solid squad. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, I think that will go Spain, Poland. Yeah, potentially. I I would say Spain and Sweden. Okay. Uh, I think. I mean, obviously, three go through potentially. So oh, it could be. A, it could yeah. be like so. All of our predictions of the top two are probably uh, right in some way, yeah, shape, or form. They probably go through, but yeah, Spain. I think Spain, Poland, and Sweden potentially could all go through. Yeah. Uh, let's let's drop that group and get on to what is being dubbed <laughs> as the group of death: uh, Germany, uh, France, and Portugal. So you've got the World Cup champions, the, the current European champions, and uh, the previous World Cup champions, all in the same group together, mm. uh, and they will be joined by uh, either. Iceland, Romania, Bulgaria, Hungary, Georgia, North Macedonia, Kosovo, Belarus. Uh, I would probably say of that group of teams uh, that could join them, I think Iceland and Romania are probably the the two most feared nations. Kosovo have been playing well. Kosovo obviously played very good football. I just don't think they have the the squad depth uh, to challenge as much. But basically, whoever gets dropped into Group F with Germany, France and Portugal is going to get dunked on yeah, um, yeah quite definitely. significantly. So, um, yeah, that will be the one to avoid, although obviously there will be good games to watch. And mm. we would imagine that all three of those, Germany, France and Portugal, will progress. See, that's the thing with this new group thing, the new possible next round thing. It just takes any sting out of... Yeah, of course they all will. They'll get the most points, the most goal difference, yeah. the most, most, uh, the least goals against. Yeah, I, it's ridiculous. But what you'll end up with is probably the team going through in third place in each group will have either one or three points. Okay, and then, so then it will become a case of, let's say Germany and France both beat Portugal. Mm. It will become a case of can Portugal then beat whoever that last team is. Okay. Buy enough goals to give uh, okay. them a goal difference or to, to level up their goal difference or something like so that. So it takes away some excitement but adds different Yeah, adds a different element to Is, it. Is um, VAR making an appearance this... I do not know. Euros. Let's give that a, a, give that a, a merry Googling. Because basically um, that will take away any excitement when any goal is scored. Yeah. Essentially. I hate VAR. I don't think I'm unique in that opinion. But... I can't stand it. That Deli Alley goal, beautiful goal, beautiful footwork, beautiful control. They try and challenge that. These geeks in Oxford try and challenge that because it might have hit his shoulder. Yeah. Get over yourselves, lads. Yeah. You imagine taking away a beautiful goal like that because it skims his shoulder. It's killing the game. Yeah. It was good that they had uh, Berbatov in the studio for that. Did they? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so, VAR will be used in uh, the playoffs of the Euros uh, but it wasn't used in the qualifying matches uh, so the fact that it's in the playoffs but I mean to, to be fair big tournaments are usually used um, as a time to kind of perfect a system yeah, or introduce new things 
Um, you imagine that we get a final that is dictated by a goal is given or a, a taken away, a crucial goal is taken away mm. by VAR. And yeah, it's England. It's really difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Like, that would be sickening. Um, but it's still, I think the goal is still there to make it, you know, an, an ob- objective um, yeah. kind of process. But obviously, yeah, there's, there's with that, you know, subtracts some mm. of the magic of the game and some of the those moments but I did like it in the I think it was the World Cup or even the Euros actually where mm. the referee would run off and actually see yeah, the game so himself I think we'll, we'll 100% see that because they are trying version. to pressure Premier League referees yeah. to not just go by what they're, they're hearing and actually go and look yeah. at what it was uh, which I don't I can't believe that they weren't doing that anyway as the referee yeah it's uh, yeah. I, th- I think my personal opinion is that the Premier League VAR is wrong, yes. and actually there are places that are using video uh, assistant referees and getting it right. And I, and I think hopefully at the Euros we'll see that version. Um, as I've said before on the show, like it is weird now if you actually go back and watch old like World Cup games mm. and stuff like that. And there's no review of anything. Really? Obviously, you can go and watch the championship or you can watch but certain I get games. What you, I, top uh, tier. And it's the same. But yeah, when you see like, you know, I think I watched the 2006 World Cup goals. And, you know, in the first game, Paolo Wanchop scores twice for Costa Rica. Right. And both goals are offside. And it's wow. like... You know those those goals just don't stand anymore. They used um, to. I I can't. I was listening to a um, like commentary over a game, and I can't remember if they said that they used to or it was played around with this rule of um, daylight. Yeah, there used to be a daylight rule. Daylight, yeah. which makes so much like I think it was. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. If they're catchable uh, from the defender, the striker, if you can catch them if they're a yard away, then they're onside. But if they're a couple of yards or a good. Yeah, distance then they're offside is that right it wasn't about catching their elbow offside or their knee yeah. it was more about actual distance of yeah how I, far offside or if they're goal hanging yeah I can't confirm that but I my interpretation of the, the daylight uh, rule was basically it was quite literal in terms of you know if there's a break yes in exactly. between the bodies right. so from the field of you know from the linesman's line of view yeah if he can see daylight, basically, like between in between, you know, the bodies aren't as as one. Yeah. Um, obviously, which becomes difficult because larger players, if you've got players, yeah, and if you've yeah. got distance, you know, if one player's on the left side of the pitch and the other one's on the right. Yeah. How does a linesman then judge daylight when you take into regard like perspective and stuff? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I definitely liked that rule because it meant that you could kind of have flexibility. In yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I think that that's probably the the main. I think the offside decisions have been one of the things that have have caused a lot of issue. Mm. And then on top of that, it's the you know handball. I think getting maybe better technology and and better understanding of the rules yeah. around handball. But look, VAR is a a beast, an ugly beast that that rears its head sort of on uh, on every podcast that we <laughs> record. It seems, uh, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Nope. Um, but there's, you know, there's tons of sports that actually do 
um, run, you know, video analysis and, and video reviews and do it do it perfectly. I mean, the one that everyone always mentions is rugby. Oh, rugby have the um, you can hear the ref talking to so and so. All right, well they've been doing it for a long time, and yeah. it happens that you know there's only what how many there's only eight or ten good rugby teams in the world and true, the referees yeah. actually probably know every single player yeah. uh, on the teams and when you start start to look at things like the Champions League mm. where you're going out to um, you know Belarus and playing Dinamo Minsk or whatever or mm. uh, Shakhtar Donetsk and yeah. uh, once you start getting especially into the Europa League where you're starting to get these minnows that are, are playing in it and mm. you know no one speaks English probably on the team and right. uh, yeah. even then you, you start to you know there's no one language of football uh, people would probably claim it's English or, or Spanish not necessarily um, but there's, yeah. you know you can't assume that everyone speaks the same lingo uh, <laughs> so therefore you know having a, a transparent sort of mic'd up referee system just doesn't work football's yeah. too much of a global sport to actually do that I think it's so unfair on the refs as well they don't need to be mic'd up yeah really because it is a whole different ball game I think they'd be concentrating on how they're perceived or how they speak rather than just focusing on what they're doing because I'm sure they shout a lot of obscenity uh, yeah I think they have to give all. back uh, yeah, and, I, and that's get. fine. I don't think they need to be mic'd up at all, really. Yeah, there was uh, something that I would recommend any listener do is go on, and I don't know if you've ever done this, Greg, uh, mm. go on YouTube. I've done that before. Go, yeah, you have been to <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a, Yeah, I'm familiar. <laughs> uh, so go on YouTube. This is like a bad lip syncing. And go to the, the live section. Right, and then go on the live sports okay. and just have a look at what sports you can watch in the okay. live section. You're going to give us a little taster of what's you get going some on. Of the, oh, I'm on it now. Yeah. Um, you've got... I mean, I watched a sport the other day um, on this section and it was... I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically like an Indian sport where it was like tag, mm. but mixed with wrestling um, so with all the obstacles and a stuff. A bit like Britain. Did you ever play Bulldog at school? Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like that. Ah. So basically you had to go into your opponent's half, <coughs> touch someone, and then get back into your own half without them basically like wrestling you to the ground. Okay. Um, I'm into it. But yeah, there's some crazy... Oh, it's called Kabaddi. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, have you heard of it? I have, we had In school, we had this woman come in, like an Olympian. Right. And... Of course, a little school in Essex, you can't get an actual no, anti-Joshua. So we got this unknown sport, <laughs> this unknown woman that got bronze or something. The anti-Joshua in... of Kabaddi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, Kabaddi. Yeah, I recognise that name. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, if you anyone just just have a look on, on the... So obviously it's all free. It's all free to Excellent, watch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could learn a little bit about uh, different sports around the world, Culture. I think, in the, the live section of YouTube. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the takeaway from today's show, uh, <laughs> which is probably now concluding. Next week's show uh, promises to be very exciting. We'll be looking at the uh, sports personality nominations. Yes. Uh, we will have a quiz 
a little end of year what's gone on in 2019 style quiz uh we'll be looking back at the premier league team of the decade yeah. uh who makes it into your team uh john and levi will hopefully be back on the show and we may have a couple of special guests joining us in the studio and not sure it might be our last show of the calendar year and mm. um, we'll be back for uh, bigger and better things in 2020 uh, Greg have you got any specific plans maybe this weekend this weekend uh, I don't actually I don't think um, I'm fr- I've got work drinks uh, on Saturday so that'll nice. be good I will hopefully be able to catch some of the Joshua Ruiz fight. Yeah, well, it's on at a good time. It's on at 10. It's Saudi, yeah. isn't it? It's Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So, and they're three hours ahead of us, mm. aren't they? Yeah, no, definitely. I'll try and catch a bit of that. And um, Sunday I've got free, because I usually do the pub quiz at my right. university on Sundays, but this week I've got it free. Lovely. So I'll probably do nothing. I'm really looking it's forward to it. It's always nice to have a day like that just to yeah. hit reset. Exactly. I've been playing a lot of um, UFC 3, actually. Right. I got it in a sale. And I'm really getting into UFC, so hopefully... Next year, as the U goes on, I could be the UFC correspondent. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, friend of the show, Luke Beasley, uh, uh, may be joining us at some point, and he is uh, somewhat of an MMA expert. So, oh, wow. uh, I didn't know that about You me. may have to spar with him. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely for, not. For He's a bigger title, guy than me. <laughs> for the title <laughs> of uh, UFC correspondent. Uh, but we look forward to that. I'm heading to see some ice hockey, actually. Elite oh, right. League ice hockey in Guildford oh, wow. uh, on Saturday, which will be my first game, second Elite League game, but first in Guildford. Illegal game? No, legal. It's not like street ice What did you say? Elite, oh, elite league. Elite league. Oh, I heard elite. Yeah. My first illegal street ice hockey game. Street ice. Played in a pub car park. We're just hoping it's going to be cold enough. We're dead right. <laughs> yeah. um, no, elite league. Weather permitting. Um, ice hockey game, yeah. Between... Is there an English league? Yeah, so league? It's, it's Belfast. Oh, sorry, I'm not seeing Belfast. I'm seeing Guildford Flames versus uh, Manchester Storm but hmm. they have like Fife Glasgow Edinburgh Belfast uh, I think there's a Cardiff team Cardiff Devils so nice. it's kind of a UK yeah, league yeah. Uh, which is really nice to see um, so yeah I'm looking forward to that uh, and we'll I'll give a little bit of a, a review of that on, on next week's show as you can hear uh, the outro music is playing uh, and that means uh, it is time to go uh, but as always thanks for listening thank you to Neil Mark James John and Levi for uh, for their predictions for the AJ fight uh, and yeah so we'll see you next week thanks for hosting with me Greg no problem thank you for having me alright bye bye see you later